0: people. Welcome back to the Third Print Reflections. This is uh, yeah, the last episode before the new year. Um, it's going to be a special episode for me. And also, as requested, the topic is kind of uh, out there already, of course. And yet I'm going to try to give my view and another uh, input on the topic. And the topic today is magic and uh, or I would rather call it true magic and not stage magic of course uh, yeah I'm a little bit slower right now I'm dealing with a, uh, certain very intense symptoms of exhaustion adrenal fatigue uh, it was quite a heavy ride in the last couple of days uh, I'm sure many can relate and uh, yeah recovering right now and therefore, my concentration and my um, energies are not the normal in the normal range, so yeah, bear with me. hope you can f- you can still follow me and don't fall asleep. I'm gonna be a little bit slower, but I guess that's also good because I tend to be quite fast. so yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in as always. Uh, very happy for everyone listening and giving their. Instructive feedback as always, Um, so magic, true magic, it's going to be a little take on uh, what I perceive as true magic and how to access it and also telling about uh, how we are all unintentional magicians most of the time, some becoming more intentional magicians or sorcerers, sorcerers and uh, what these words mean and yeah. And um, there is a lot of talk about magic, of course, um, and it's such a vast topic. Yet at the same time, it's quite easy to define it if you got into it for a while. But many people starting on certain path, there's different magical path as well. They are getting very confused in the beginning. You know, they they get the whole notion from movies uh, that you just have to like swinging with your wand or do something, uh, spell and uh, magically some things are coming out of thin air and even though this might be uh, actually possible in certain ways, um, this is not really what true magic uh, is for me at least, or what I'm trying to explain here today. So there there is some some definitions of course already by very famous magicians and occultists and witches uh, that are around that you can look up and I'm going to build up upon them because I of course have been influenced by these ideas and statements but yet I also develop my own uh, yeah, view on what is a true magic and um, I guess I also a little bit demystifying it, which doesn't make it less magical, more like more understandable. So this is a demystifying of uh, the magic you see in Harry Potter. But for some reason, of course, this magic enables us to step into the world of magic as well. If we see these things like in the in the movies and they you know they tingle our beautiful magical hidden soft spot and we, we know somehow that this is true but it's not really playing out in the physical realm but that's also because magic mostly does not play out in the physical realm it's where you reap the harvest in the end but you actually perform magic on another realm but before we got into that um, I'm also not going too deep because this is um, These are episodes where I'm trying to give kind of an introduction or an overview or reflection upon these things. Otherwise, I would have been, um, yeah. I mean, otherwise, I need to do, I don't know, five episodes on each topic or one four hour episode. And I think that might be a little bit too much. So, there has been, yeah, a definition by, by, as I said, by several magicians, occultists, which is whatever you want to call them, or sorcerers, which already kind of tells you in the name what it means. It's someone who's sourcing something um, in an optimal way from the source itself, but we all do somehow. Yet source code or source can be twisted, can be uh, parasitic, can be beneficial, can be everything. So, I'm also going to go into the topic, of course, of uh, white and black magic and the ethics and morals from my point of view, uh, which is maybe a little bit a different one. So, the, it is said, uh, I think um, I got this from um, Franz Bardot. I think it's uh, spelled, uh, pronounced like this. Spelled, sorry. <laughs> pronounced. Um, he was a very famous hermetic. Magician, her- her- hermetist, you say it, hermetist, yeah. Hermetic magician, hermetic occultist. I said true magic um, is the high knowledge of the more subtle powers that have not yet been acknowledged by science up to this date. And uh, I very much agree. If we first look at magic, um, we're trying to search for this very mystical, otherworldly, supernatural thing. But the more you study it, the more you practice it, the more you understand. Magic is the most natural thing. Is not super or unnatural. It's absolutely natural. It's here all the time, and uh, just right in front of you. But most people forgotten how to see it, how to access it, and of course they also lack the yeah the um, the tools, so to say, the tools and the the need or the things you have to have in order to access. And um, Crowley, of course, very known in the occult uh, circles. Uh, I think everybody heard his name. He was a very famous occultist magician from the um, 20th century. Uh, Crowley, he said that magic is the science and art that provokes change in conformity with the will. And that all intentional acts are acts of magic. So that goes a little bit further already. He's um, kind of stating that it has to do with the will. But now everybody of course asks, what is the will? Does it mean just the intention? Well, the will is a little bit more than that. Um, I would say that there is a trinity of things that you need to practice or do magic. And this is the will, the intention. And a goal or point of attention or point of focus. So the will comes from the lower parts of your energetic body or your yourself. Um, this is kind of the emotional aspect. You really have to feel it, you know. And the intention is more the thought process coming from the upper parts of your body. You really have to know and think what what it is that you want to accomplish. You merge these two things and, in my perception, in the heart, in the most optimal way, and you kind of focus these merged two principles upon a point of attention. You focus it. And the more the focus is clear, the better the results will be. And the thing is that most people are failing in magic because they have doubts, unconscious doubts, Conscious doubts, and there's too many obstacles in the way, so the magic can't really happen. It's somehow a charge that is leaving your energetic body. It's a charge that needs to come back to you. So it's a plus-minus spiral um, or circle. And a lot of people hold on, first of all, to the to the plus, to the charge. And then the charge can't really get out because there are so many doubts and fears, and um, but if you manage, and that's why meditation and uh, visualizations and focus, learning to focus and concentrate is so important in practical magic. And uh, once you manage to bring this out, you have to completely let go of it. Turn around and leave it, forget about it. Because then the charge can go into this objective world out there, do its magic, do its will and intention that you set in, into it, and come back to you with a, with a minus uh, pole, so to say, with a magnetic, uh, you know, the magnetic um, part of it. And then you can reap the fruits, or how you say, uh, reap the, uh, yeah, get the harvest. And natural magic, or magic, true magic, comes in very natural ways, comes in very mundane ways. If you do, for example, a money spell, it comes a couple of weeks, or can come, If you do it right, it comes a couple of weeks back to you in in some offerings. Let's say somebody offers you a job or somebody, um, you know, that you're lending some money, comes back to you and says, hey, I got the money. And all these kind of things is a very natural thing. And at first, you don't really notice so much. But then if you get your attention onto these things, you realize, oh, there is a correlation. There is a synchronicity between these things, and they come, of course, not just once. They come more and more and more. You suddenly is going to be quite abundant. For example, or um, other spells have the same um, outcome, just in different ways, of course. So this is one way to explain how this kind of works. You can do magic with the natural, uh, with the natural elements in nature. You know, fire magic, wind magic. So you can use the elements, but also importantly, you have to use. Or master your own inner elements and I'm not meaning by using consumption just blindly consuming everything but to be in balance to be in, in connection with these elements within and within there of course more ether- uh, etheric and not literal fire or literal water but the, uh, the, the elements within you and if you have mastered these elements within you you are the master of your elements and therefore then you can also master the elements out there in my opinion, this is still sounds and is quite of a dominant approach. I like to be more in a synergy, therefore being more respectful with these elements, playing a part of it, but not necessarily the most dominant part of it. There's always a place in magic where you leave it to to grace, to wonder, to miracles, to higher intervention. I think that's quite important as well. But to be precise is absolutely important. Be as precise, direct and and strong in your attention as you can be. Well, now we have two different things that are coming up. Is So, what do you need to do that, right? Not just knowledge and skills and experience, you also need a very important part, and that's energy. You need, in order to practice magic, you have to have energy. That's the way how you can change things, within and without, especially. And the other part of magic is, of course, morals and ethics, not necessarily because that's really important if you want to do magic, but it's its good to know about the consequences and the, the way how, how this works. So there's different, of course, ideas and approaches towards especially moral, morals and ethics, but I'm going to share mine. So, there's a talk about black and white magic, and I would say, as many already have said, uh, there's just magic there's just a pure force but of course the way that you are wired, the way that you put your attention towards things change it they they change the course of this this current of force. so of course you can use it for destruction and you can use it for creation it can be beneficial and can be uh, quite mallevant negative or maybe not call it negative but um, yeah painful. And I don't really like to use black and white magic also because it's very old, old school terms and black associated with the feminine and the unconscious and um, also people with uh, darker skin color, you know, then subconsciously is associated with bad. And I don't really like that because it's not. And it's associated with, with, um, with magic for just yourself, with like egoistic magic. And white magic, you know, is associated with the light, with the masculine principle, with uh, people with white skin color, for example. Very very unconsciously, of course, but I'm saying this is... Your unconsciousness con- connects to, because that's the way we, ha- we have been programmed. If you look at white and you look at black, you have two different emotional reactions. So white, therefore, is the beneficial, the, the good magic, you know. And we associate everything with white with good. And... With black with bad. And that's why I don't like to use these terms even though back in the time I don't think they have been uh, intentionally created to to make this difference but in our unconscious collectively it has been doing some damage I would say. And the white magic also means service to others so I rather you like to use um, benevolent magic for white magic And for black magic, I like to use malevolent magic or baneful magic. And, for example, what most people don't realize is most of humanity is are black magicians by definition. So even though we take out the the strong notion or judgment of bad being black, still we could say that someone who's doing magic just for themselves is a black magician. But black not necessarily means what we are taught black magicians are. So it's not super baneful, evil magic. It's just black magic is one path. It's more self-centered, more for your own, you know, maybe even just wellness, honestly. And white magic is more service, a healing maybe for others. and Or just, you know, doing communal stuff. And um, yeah, but then also we don't have to call it white magic. We can use it beneficial magic or benevolent magic. So, but as we can see in the world through uh, very uh, malvolent techniques of progr- programming the collective unconscious, and therefore our collective uh, conscious, we are all have been programmed to be very much self-centered, egoistic um, black magicians, you know, selfish magicians, egoistic magicians all the time. Because we all do all the time magic. That's the, what we have to understand. Because we are maybe not so consciously attentive to what we do but everything we do is an act of magic basically because we set our attention there might be in a in an unconscious way and therefore mostly a negative way there's a saying for example that um, to worry is to pray for something bad so let that sink in um, the more you are conscious aware of your thoughts and your emotions and what you do with them the more you become also the master of your life or the creator, the creatrix, of your life. Still, this is a co-creation, so you're not the, the only one creating, but you're taking more control or more responsibility, especially for your life. So here we can see that um, this world is ruled by, yeah, us. But the question is, what is ruling through us? Are we really playing out our most optimal? biggest potential collectively or are we playing out someone else you know that's benefiting from our demise and our being asleep. Either way that's a, that's a big topic. So we got this models and ethics. I would say personally I don't do harm intentionally but if somebody crosses me of course I will send it back. So if I go on the streets and someone texts me I will defend myself Right? I will defend myself because I love myself, I respect myself, and I want to survive. And therefore I defend myself. I would not go on the streets and just randomly attack someone. Why would I? You know, this is not I don't have these issues. So and the same happens in the in the astral realm, in the in the different realms where magic is performed and happens, and if someone attacks me, I will defend myself. Though the same that I uh, practiced and studied martial arts for long years. I know how to defend myself physically. I also know now how to defend myself in the in the astral, and that's for me is fine. And you can send back whatever comes to you. You can even put it from, in my opinion, double, you know, and be part of their karma. Because people say don't do this; it will be bad karma. And I said, well, first of all, I don't believe in karma the way maybe it's um, spread. Actually, I think it's quite a. Um, programming on people and it's creating a lot of shadow but at the same time you can also argue well you know if somebody crosses me and you give it back to him even double you know you might be part of his karma on her karma so that's uh, as you can see a philosophical a philosophical debate a little bit and yet you know I would say do no harm but take no shit uh, you could maybe call me a gray uh, practitioner you know, in that sense, if we still look at the white-black um, polarities. But I'm definitely not into the baneful magic, really. I, I mean, to destroy sometimes in order to create is also beneficial, but this needs to be more in your own realm. And especially it needs to all happen with consent. To do this without consents can lead to really horrible consequences, because of course magic has consequences, always. and the good and in the bad. And you also need to know how to dismantle a spell, for example, an intention if it went wrong or if you don't need it anymore or something like this. If you don't know how to do this, you should not start really with practicing right away. So it's important to know how to activate and deactivate your your stuff you're doing. And really be aware of your your intention also behind that. Because if you're just going to go shopping out there, you know, in the sense of energetically shopping, just consuming everything and just wanting everything out of pure um, desire, you know, that's not the same as intent or will, so be careful I just say, you know, the mature a person is, the better the magic can work uh, in a beneficial way, and it's nice, of course, to also help others with these things, you know, help out, defend, of course so here we have a yeah, a sea of not quite clear boundaries when it's good and bad but the, uh, yeah, the debate of good and bad I think I leave to every, each of uh, and every one of you and you can read uh, Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil to understand uh, the complexity of this topic. So first uh, that was one thing I wanted to share and the other one is uh, of course the, the energy part of magic. So in order to be able to create magic we need to kind of harvest and gather energy so how do we do that first of all we're all born with a certain full cup full of energy and throughout the years it goes uh, of course away we spread it you know in emotional turmoils and anger and, and ecstasy I mean the emotion of ecstasy <laughs> and um, sexual relationships um, trauma we all split it all the way you know everywhere it's kind of uh, splintered there and stuck in time and space, uh, for us to to reharvest together once more. And the more we gather of these energies, we are able to perform with these energies for our beneficial um, intentions or uh, beneficial operations. Of course, what some people do is uh, they don't do this uh, with their own energy. They use other energies. They use. Um, the energies of nature which is okay and then again if you're in a respectful aware um, relationship I would say it's, uh, it's quite beautiful actually to be in a co-creation there but if you just go out and, and consume things because you think you're the one and only uh, dominating factor in all of this it can backlash quite heavy So, and then of course there's people who use other entities, other spirits that carry knowledge and power Uh, that they can give but of course you always have to pay a price nothing here is just consuming one way there's always a balance restored there's always giving and receiving so that's why I encourage personally to do it just with yourself because then you're also not going to get so um, impacted by um, by you know the destinies of other beings be it in a body or not in a body discriminated beings inorganic beings so you can use, of course, spirits or different beings, you know, to help you. But be aware that this uh, is sometimes very costly and can go really wrong because we're not the only evolutionary um, letter or the only evolutionary beings here. Even though they might reside on different realms that are not always percept, uh, you know, to be perceived by our five senses. We have different parallel. Um, lines of of evolution of different beings and they have different morals and ethics than humans have and the the concept of good and evil here is very uh, fading away sometimes and there's also neutral beings of course so and especially neutrality is a good point to start off the more you are in the middle pillar of yourself the better you are actually um, off in the end the more polarized you are, the less uh, your magic is going to work in a beneficial way for yourself or others. Um, even if that is um, trying to do baneful magic towards someone, it can backfire heavily if you're too polarized and uh, not balanced enough. Well, either way, we got this, and therefore, yeah, the magic part, uh, the energy part, is very important to bring it back, to recapitulate, to regather your energies. And also to create your own dream, your own magic, your own universe, because we are living in a collective agreement, in a collective consciousness that is kind of also defining what's real and what is physically happening. You know, we are living in a construct here that defines a lot of things. And if you are applying and going according to all these rules all the time, you're very limited. So, in order to step out of this collective agreement, you have to make your own agreement to dream your own dream. And in order to do this, of course, you need energy uh, because it's quite hard to step out of this energetically because you're part of a net. And of course, I don't mean that you have to go completely out of this net. You're part of it, but um, you have to free your mind. You have to free your heart. You have to free your will and uh, create your own reality. So yeah, magic basically, therefore, is self-knowledge. You know That's why uh, the oracle of Delphi it was said know thyself in the microcosmic and in the macrocosmic, regardless and um, yeah, there have been a lot of magicians that are really influential in this whole thing I mean, just to name a few, there was um, as I said, uh, Crowley of course, he's very controversial some hate him, some love him, I find him very important, not necessarily my cup of tea, but uh, yeah, find him very important in the whole thing, and then I like to read about what he wrote then there's um, i think he's pronounced eliphas levi or eliphas levi i'm not really sure i only read his name i never actually heard him heard uh, how, how his name is pronounced he was a very famous occultist and um, yeah and there's of course the uh, ceremonial magicians of the western hermetic traditions like the golden dawn and I'm not going to name them all now, of course, because uh, you can look it up yourself and it's not so important. Then you have the the Wicca currents that have been influenced a lot by the Golden Dawn magic or ceremonial magic, which is also called high magic. It's more like masculine mind approach to things, I would say. And then Wicca is more like a um, religious, um, earth-based practice, but it's also um, sometimes synonymous with witchcraft. But then again, I would not really equal um, witchcraft and Wicca because Wicca is more like a religion, a path that you follow certain rules. Um, There's concepts that are really borrowed also from high magic, from ceremonial magic, and they have a lot of things that are kind of similar to ceremonial magic, just in a more earth-based way. And traditional witchcraft uh, is older and has different approaches and it's not really the same as Wicca. Which doesn't mean that Wicca can't be very beautiful and, and, and beneficial, I'm just saying there you have people like Dorin Valiente, for example, and Gerard Gardner, very famous, of course, the founder of Wicca. And then you have the Alexandrian uh, Wiccans, another current of Wicca. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to go so much into the, into the traditional witchcraft uh, thing right now because there are so many names and it's not really an absolute authentic path that you can find in books and literature. It's more like a revival and certain... Practical things that you can find, of course, that are probably connected to all the old ways, but it's questionable how much of this is really, truly coming from a long lineage, because we have been obviously deprived and robbed from this in the witch trial period of our history, sadly. But then, of course, you also have, um, yeah, on Fortune, for example, big influence on me. Uh, ceremonial magician, female, very interesting book she wrote. And so well many more. There's uh, much more, of course, there's, um, yeah, in Spanish, for example, you have brujería, which is like, uh, just translated as a witchcraft, or, yeah, working in folk magic, you know, I like the, word, the term folk magic, it's kind of um, very basic, they call it low magic, um, it's the opposite of high magic. It's the very basic uh, approaches of magic to to help you in daily things as well. You know, it's very folk tradition magic and so on and so on. So you got a lot of things. I mentioned uh, Franz Bardot uh, hermeticist. Um, that's the name, hermeticist, not hermitist. <laughs> There's a hermit and a hermeticist. Yeah, and the her- hermetic uh, magic that comes from Egypt at least claims to come from Egypt, and you have the Rosicrucians, of course, and, yeah, there's a lot of currents, and they all use different yet very similar magical systems, and they have their own definitions on what magic is, and so on and so forth. But in the end, really, for me, it's uh, it's basically about yeah knowing yourself, waking up to the slumber, um, re- regathering, and mastering your own forces your shadows bring back the energies integrate and become your full potential and let yourself also be swallowed by your unconscious dark sea at times and find the treasures within so yeah it's basically according to the universal laws right it's the magician will form his own point of view about the universe which then henceforth will be his true religion it was said by Franz Bardot as well. The magician's will is the beginning of everything. And he will therefore form things out of the etheric, out of the astral, out of the mental. And we go even back out of the, the spiritual, the causal realm into this physical realm, and things will come and manifest. So there is something that's also quite interesting. If you, for example, look at the word spelling and you say in English to cast a spell, you can see how the linguistic is also showing already in a symbolic way as well um, the power of the word. And in the Bible, of course, also it's mentioned uh, in the beginning was the word and so on and so on. So it's uh, there's an emphasis here also on the vibration and the frequencies that we cast with our words, words and our linguistics, and that they truly have an impact on this reality and on ourselves. Sounds, spells, in that sense, words, rhymes, sing. Uh, yeah. So this is some beautiful little hint on the power of the words and how to to use them as well for magical operations and how much they can benefit. Especially in uh, protective spells, my opinion, my experience. It's uh, very powerful what you can do with the power of words and create forms within the astral that truly protect you. Yeah, so that's so far an insight about true magic. What does it mean? How to access it? And um, my own personal perception, reflection upon the topic hope you enjoyed that one and it was understandable and you could bear with my slower tone and attitude today uh, might have been actually was quite uh, comfortable yeah so thank you very much everyone for tuning in as always and um, I'm going to provide you with another episode in the coming year and wish you a beautiful New Year's, I hear you next time